ten. Dollar. Sports. All right, everyone. Welcome to Ten Dollar Sports. Season one, episode three, third episode of the podcast. Sorry, it's a few days late. It's been a rough work week for me. I know Mike had a tough work week as well, but we're here finally recording late Friday night. I've got a beer in hand. I think Michael's enjoying some time away from his sleeping child. So we're ready to go here. How are you doing, Mike? Hey, what's going on, Moose? Doing pretty well here. What kind of beer are you drinking? I don't know. I, I found some local Texas craft beer. It's it's not bad. It's like a blonde ale or whatever, but some, something nice and smooth uh, for here late at night. That's pretty good. I had a couple of um, Mick Ultras here myself. So. Mick Ultras. Jeez, man. Hey, it's the beer champions. Why don't you just get some water? Hey, it's close to water, but it's got it's like water with meal flavoring beer. All right. You know, at least you're making the effort. I appreciate it, Mike. I know you and beer usually don't mix, so if that's the closest you're going to get, that's fine. We'll take it. Uh, so, everyone, again, welcome to $10 Sports. Got a busy show for us today. We're going to hope, hopefully keep it under an hour. Uh, Mike, tell us what we got on the docket for today. Yeah, today's going to be pretty exciting. We're going to go over your favorite subject and your favorite game. Of all sports, the NFL Pro Bowl. Uh, the Pro Bowl, my over. gosh. As promised, we do have our NBA segment. We'll That's right. We are NBA leading league. off with it. Leading off with it, or, or it's up second, because we are not going to forget it this time. And we're not going to be the only people not to talk about it. So just, just like, like the rest of America and non-sports fans, we will be talking about the Super Bowl. Yeah, You know, and I have a question. Are we allowed to say Super Bowl? Do we have to call it the big game? Because uh, people say big game, and they can't say Super Bowl, so I'm just confused. We'll just call it the... Um, are we allowed to? Are we going to get sued, or are they going to take our podcast down? Uh, I'm trying yeah. to think of a Spanish way of saying it. El Super Bowl. <laughs> El Super Bowl, there All we right, go. there we'll we go. The El Super Bowl, and then we got uh, our Harper and Manny Machado watch week three, still unsigned. And we'll go over some of our parlays here, and... End you with a little factoid, and Moose will tell you what to expect next week. That's right. And then we also have a pretty uh, fun prop bet. So I think we're going to pick some of our favorites to go over as well. And uh, I still haven't put my bets in. I know the odds are, are going back and forth. It's amazing, though. At the beginning, like right after the Patriots beat the Chiefs, they were – I think they were the underdogs, and everyone, I think, started baiting the Patriots. And they pushed them over. I think they're right now at minus three. So we saw the line swing a little bit. And it's been pretty consistent there. But we'll, we'll talk to that when we get to the gambling portion of our show. And we'll start off with the Pro Bowl. I'm going to turn it over to Mike. Because honestly, I was I saw the Pro Bowl for five minutes. And it was everything I thought it would be. An absolutely terrible display of football. Yeah, absolutely. Um yeah, the Pro Bowl, I mean, at the end of the day, it's just the players know they really are not playing for anything, and the last thing they want to do is get hurt, end of season, end of career, um, getting hurt. So, I mean, basically, it's just a glorified version of a two-hand touch. Um, at the end of the day, I'm even questioning myself, is it even worth playing Pro Bowl anymore? Is it worth having a football game? Is it worth it getting, wearing pads and everything? 
Um, I don't uh, yeah, so. I mean, I can tell you no pads were needed for that game. Uh, it was literally, I'm going to wrap you up, and the whistle blew. There were about 15 fans in the stands because it was a torrential downpour, and the star of the game was like the Kansas City fullback who caught nine balls out of the flat, and you know everyone just had to come and touch him with a finger or push him out of bounds. So uh, it was just really frustrating to watch. I thought... I, I was trying to give it a shot. I, I guess I did see Mike Evans make a make an interception on defense for whatever reason. Uh, I guess it was fun. I mean, uh, how did you watch a significant portion of it? It was kind of fun to see everyone running around in the rain. Um, not really. It's just I I just watched. Maybe I just glanced at it and I watched it for five minutes. I was like, man, this is super boring. So I went ahead and turned it off. Um, it's just I mean, when you're there in person, it's a lot more fun. Um, just seeing all the players all in the field together, um, all the interaction and all the things that go on. And there's a lot of things like during the commercial breaks when you're at home, the players like do silly stuff on the field, which is pretty funny. But watching it from home is pretty brutal. Um, it's, I definitely think the game needs to change in some way. Is it maybe go to flag football? I mean, definitely keep the skills challenge. The skills challenge thing is kind of fun. And, you know, the players and the fans both have fun doing that. Um, and even watching it on TV. But um, I actually heard something on TV the other day of them trying to make it a third-place game. <laughs> but um, I don't think nobody wants to play for third place. Yeah, especially risking yourself for injury for no reason. I mean, you, you kind of see that in the World Cup. There's a third-place game, and it, it just really isn't – the players aren't even into it. It's just like, all right, great. We just lost our chance for the next four years, and I guess we'll we'll play for a bronze medal. So I, I, I wouldn't be in favor of that. I mean, it would be nice to – I don't know. It'd be nice to have the Super Bowl back to the next week after the championship games. I, I don't, I don't understand why we have this two-week layoff again. I guess just so there's opportunity for people to recover from injury. Uh, I remember back then it was that la- it was always that last week in January, just to make the season a little bit shorter. So I don't know. I, I don't know what the solution is. Uh, I know you and you and I have talked about different formats a few years ago. They tried the kind of like that schoolyard football type feel where it was Team Dion and Team Jerry Rice, and they were picking players. And I guess that didn't really have the intended effect. Uh, I don't even remember watching it, to be honest with you, in those formats. They were, and it's amazing because the NHL kind of came up with that first, uh, maybe five or six years ago when they were doing all-star games where they had two captains and then the NFL jumped on that. Uh I kind of like the way the NHL does it now where it's where the divisions play two uh, 10-minute halves and they're actually playing for a million dollars, like a bonus for the, the winning team. I mean, how do you think we can make this better? Because it's it's just not fun. Like, I, I actually enjoy the NHL experience. They have they make a big deal about the skills competition. You have the best players in the world highlighting their skills. You have the best goalies in the world going for, like, the save streak, trying to shut out some of the best players in the world. How do we make this NFL Pro Bowl better? I mean, I say just make it more of a fan experience than it is a game. Um, we definitely move it back to Hawaii because, I mean, Orlando is just kind of like not an exciting place for the players to go. Um, but but Disney World's there. Yeah, they can go to Disney World anytime. It's nothing special. But I'd say move it back to Hawaii. Um, make it something players can look forward to. And I'd say somehow make it either, I'd say mix it. 
maybe make it like a celebrity flag football game with some NFL players. Yeah, that would be kind of fun. But, you know, to kind of go to one of your points, you said that the best part of of the weekend is actually going. I mean, don't you think Hawaii makes it a little bit inaccessible? Yeah, but from what I've been hearing on TV, all the players definitely enjoyed Hawaii a lot more than they do enjoy Orlando. It's just like a huge party, huge experience for them and their families and friends. So that's just what I've grasped from watching like players talk about it on TV. Yeah, you don't think going to one of the two Tanger outlet balls is a great experience for the players, Michael? <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure they can. Uh, I doubt any player needs to go to an outlet mall. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, so, kind of looking at the history of All Star Games, we talked about the NHL a little bit. We're seeing the basketball or the or NBA follow a similar format where it's uh, you know Team LeBron versus you know Team whoever's the best in I guess the East this year. Uh, how do you think the NBA All Star Game compares to the Pro Bowl? Because I don't watch the NBA very much, but I'll flip on the All-Star game. It's it's pretty entertaining. I feel that they've got their skills competition uh, down in prime time, and it's pretty fun to watch the dunks and the three-point contests and whatnot. Yeah, the NBA, um, it's you know very similar, except they play in the middle of the season. So they're playing you know halfway through the season, still trying to make a playoff run and everything like that. So they definitely don't want to get any injuries on that end. So what they, I mean, basically the game is just an offensive shootout. It's... Nobody plays defense. Like you, nobody's going to guard the rim. Everyone's just going to get their shots and score their points. Um, but I mean, it's smaller rosters. Um, you know, they, like you said, they got those skill competitions. It's always fun to watch a slam dunk contest. Um, a kind of a cool game they have is the uh, the futures game, which I think it's just rookies and sophomores, uh, first and second year players that actually play a game. And you know, they're pretty aggressive trying to make a name for themselves out there. But the real All-Star game with all the big players like LeBron James, Kevin Durant, all the big-name players, they're, they're not playing defense. They're just they're not trying to twist an ankle or anything like that. They're just out there having fun with their boys. And with uh, NBA All-Star weekend coming around the corner, uh, it's pretty surpri- one of the big surprises is Dwayne Wade being elected to be a starter, which is... My guess is that's just a, a respect thing. I know he's on his farewell tour around the NBA. Uh, who, who are some other starters that uh, you remember off the top of your head? Um, starters? Uh, I just had the list here in front of me. Yeah, I mean, I was just surprised by Dwayne Wade. That's been some of the talk, too, on on the radio. It's like, did, like kind of discrediting the fan vote it's like should we really give so much power to the fans when you're you're voting for Dwayne Wade and I, you know I understand that it's a respect thing he's paid his dues and and he's on his way out but I mean is Dwayne Wade on the same level as someone like Kobe Bryant who who went through a similar experience of having his own you know goodbye charade at every NBA stadium he went to yeah, Dwayne Wade is a very loved player. He's just been a class act, and um, he's just a very respected player in the league. So, I mean, he's just gonna he's gonna have his farewell tour. But some of the starters, going back to that, I know for the Western Conference, they got LeBron James, of course, voted by fans, even though he's missed like almost the past month. But he's still the captain and the starter of the All Star Game. Of course, uh, you got Kevin Durant, you got um, Paul George, Stephen Curry, and James Harden. And then on the eastern side, you've got um, the Greek freak, Giannis Antetokounmpo-Alalo. Oh, that's and, pretty good. That's not bad. We'll give you a you 78. 
Then you got Quali Leonard, of course. Um, Joel Embiid, who, uh, who I think is one of the probably top five players in the NBA. He's really good. Um, Kyrie Irving. And then a surprising player that comes out, comes out of here to me is Kimba Walker. Right, yeah, Kimba Walker. Uh, I have to see what the reserves look like, but that sounds like it's going to be a, a great game. Uh, I think the NBA is in a pretty good spot. Uh, they kind of had kind of a little bit of a dead period with Kobe retiring and, you know, Steph, uh, Steph Curry wasn't really a thing yet. So it's really good to see star power on, on a variety of teams, to be honest with you. And even, uh, you know, the whole trust the process, the 70, it's great to see the 76ers finally having success after some 10 win seasons. Uh, you know, as we move on with that, uh, you know, Mike, looking at the rankings or the standings, if you who would you say is your biggest surprise? Biggest surprise for me is actually the Boston Celtics being fifth place. In a good or, or bad surprise? Uh, bad surprise. Bad surprise. Yeah, the Celtics, I mean, yes, last year they were the number two seed this year. They're number five seed. I mean, they got a healthy Kyrie Irving. The team's overall very healthy. Gordon Hayward's there this year. Um, Celtics should definitely be a favorite team to win the East. And one of the best, one of the better teams to actually challenge the Golden State Warriors at the NBA Finals. How do you feel about Milwaukee, though? That's a team I haven't really been paying attention to. And looking at the most recent standings, they're, they're first in the East, you know, back and forth with the Raptors. Uh, what's the story on the Milwaukee Bucks? Um, you got the Greek freak playing um, MVP candidate here. Um, he's playing really well. They got Brooke Lopez, who's opened up the court a lot. He's hitting threes for a big man. He's hitting like three to five threes, maybe even seven. He's on my fantasy team, so... I keep a close eye on him. <laughs> um, he's been hitting some threes, and, I mean, the team's just been playing really well. And I think it's the firing of Jason Kidd. They finally got a better coach there now. Yeah, that's right. Uh, uh, we'll have to see how the East pans out. I mean, it, it's almost an assumption that it's going to be the the dubs in the West. Uh, though I'd, it seems like there's a few teams giving them a run. Uh, the Nuggets are right up there neck and neck with them a little bit. And even the Thunder seem to be coming on strong lately. Who do you think gets out of the West if it's not the Warriors? If it's not the Warriors, I like the way the Nuggets have been playing. Um, they definitely do have an MVP candidate and um, Nikola there. Uh, yeah, I don't really see anybody else beating the Warriors, though. Um, if it does, it be the Nuggets. But I don't think the Nuggets have the firepower to do that. Then we're, the big question, of course, with the big offseason acquisition of LeBron James is, will the Lakers make the playoffs after struggling the past few years at the bottom half of the standings in the West? Uh, you're looking at them right now. They're a game or two behind the clips in the West with LeBron James still out with a groin injury. You know, Do the Lakers make the playoffs this year? I really like um, the Lakers' young talent. I like Brandon Ingram, I like Kyle Kuzma. I think Kyle Kuzma is going to be a stud. He's a very good player in that team. Brandon Ingram, he's playing a little bit lower than expectations. Lonzo Ball, eh, I'm not too big on him, but he's a good player too. And they finally got LeBron back healthy. And I'd say the Lakers do make the playoffs, especially with a healthy LeBron James back into the mix. And they're only one game out of the eighth seed, so... I'd say by time, if I had a bet on this, I'd say the Lakers finish with about six seed, fifth or sixth seed. They'll climb that up there. And if they get Anthony Davis, too, in that trade, I mean, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, 
um, Josh Hart and whoever else they keep is going to be a pretty good lineup to keep. <laughs> yeah, speaking of Anthony Davis, that's one of the bigger news pieces this week. Uh, Anthony Davis def, uh, de- demanding, maybe it's too strong of a word, or requesting a trade out of New Orleans. He, I think he's down to one year left on his deal after this year, uh, essentially turning down the league max just to to be able to move on. Uh, what do you think the Lakers have to give up? Uh, that's, the, of course, with the Lakers being the big rumored landing spot for Anthony Davis. What do you think they have to give up to, to have a chance of landing AD? I think they already offered pretty much the whole house. Um, they offered Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Kyle Kuzma. I mean, three of their young core. I mean, all those players are within their second or third year in the league. They gave up, they're offering a first round pick and um, their center, their young center, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but that's four really good players um, and a first-round pick, and they offered that already according to some sources, and I guess they haven't bid on it yet. They're, I guess they're holding out for something more uh, better, if there is anything better, but they have till Thursday to, for this to go on. Um, the Celtics have a lot of assets to offer them, but the Celtics can't make the trade because since um, Kyrie Irving's going to be a free agent at the end of this year. Some NBA rule is not allow, allowing them to get Anthony Davis. So, But Anthony Davis has also said he has no interest in playing in the Celtics. So if he did go to Celtics, it would just be a rental. And with Anthony Davis saying he doesn't really want to play anywhere, pretty much making it clear he wants to be a Laker, and that's it. Um, I don't see any other team offering anything just to have him for a year, and then he's going to dip out to L.A. Well, I mean, do you think it's worth it for a team to take a chance? You're, you're, uh, one situation that comes to mind is, is Kyrie Leonard over in Toronto. I think the odds of him staying with the Raptors were pretty much nil after they kind of uh, – was that a trade or was that a one-year deal? I forget. That was a trade. That, that was, was a trade. trade. Yeah, they uh, traded DeMar DeRozan. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so, I mean, do you think it's worth that kind of risk if 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 uh, if AD is the last piece – for your puzzle to maybe make a run next year with that one year left on his contract? I would say possibly not because the, the thing about Anthony Davis, he's a you know, generational player. So for uh, the New Orleans to trade him, because I believe he has to play next year. He's still on contract with them until next year. So New Orleans, if they want to, they can keep him and have him play all year next year and get rid of him once the contract expires. But – they're going to, they want like a lot, and I just don't think it's worth for a team to give. I mean, what the Lakers is offering, in my opinion, is pretty dramatic. And another team to match that, I mean, what are they going to give up? Yeah, and I think, you know, one of the concerns is what effect does this trade have in on basketball in New Orleans in general uh, with the Pelicans? Kind of a struggling franchise. Uh, I know they were the home of the. Uh, who are they the home of the hornets yeah uh during uh was it hurricane katrina right they had a mm-hmm. kind of they ended up being there for a little bit and then uh they moved on to oklahoma city is that correct no no the hornets went back to uh, they went charlotte. back to charlotte yeah uh so it, it's kind of sad uh that maybe basketball isn't going to work out there especially with no star power but it might be exciting to, that the games game might be returning back to seattle yeah, Seattle's a, they have a great fan base over there. Um, if they're looking to relocate New Orleans. I mean, Seattle's definitely a destination to go to. 
Um, I mean, I obviously haven't been to a Seattle game in Seattle, but you watch on TV. I mean, the Seahawks fan are passionate. Uh, Even the Sounders, fans. the Sounders fans. I mean, they 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 have among the top uh, MLS uh, attendance other than Atlanta, who somehow find a way to fill an NFL stadium for a soccer game every time. Unbelievable. Yeah, I didn't know that about Atlanta. And the tip, the. Uh, um, and the Timbers, too. And the Timbers and the Sounders, I hear, have the two best fan bases in, uh, in the MLS. Yep, very passionate. Uh, and with that, let's move on to NFL talk, the kind of the star of our show today, moving on to Super Bowl 53, or the big game, just in case we can't use the Super Bowl. Uh, big topic, of course, is always QB play. Uh, we have the old guard, Tom Brady, uh, maybe his swan song, even though he says it's not. And Jared Goff, uh, one of the newcomers, young young up-and-comer with the L.A. Rams. Uh, uh, Mike, tell us what your thoughts are. What, you know, We saw last week or the week before Jared Goff basically taking the Rams on his back uh, with the help of his defense, of course, but delivering them to the Super Bowl single-handedly almost. Does he have what it takes to take down Tom Brady? Um, I think he's proved it, um, you know, the past two weeks that, you know, when it, when you have to rely on him, that he can carry the team to a win or to a first down, to a touchdown. But, I mean, you're saying, you just said the magic word, can he keep up with Tom Brady? Uh, there hasn't been many players to do that in the past, uh, what is it, 17, 18 years Tom Brady's been playing? Was it uh, 2000, uh, 2003 maybe, right? That was their first Super Bowl or 2002? 2002, I think. Yeah, 2002. In 2001 and then the Rams lost. No, the Bucks won in 2000. No, the Rams lost to the Patriots in 2002. Yeah, and the Bucks won, Bucks won in 03. We'll never forget that. Uh, but, yeah, it's, ever since then, Tom Brady's been been the man. Uh, making numerous Super Bowls in, in yeah, think almost about two it. decades. This is his 18th season, and he's played in his ninth Super Bowl. So 50% of his career, he's played in the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, I, I would take that. It's a good time to be a Patriots fan after, especially I don't think they've ever been near the Super Bowl before that, other than uh, the Packers uh, Patriots Super Bowl in 97, yeah. Where Brett Favre got the best of that one. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, my opinion, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, we'll kind of talk about it getting into the gambling portion. It's just really hard for me to to once again bet against Tom Brady. I think he's proven it. Just like, like you talked about last week, just something went off when he had that opportunity basically to bring the Patriots back from the dead after D Ford lined up offside. And that's the Tom Brady that we all remember, just surgical, methodical, and just lights out, no mistakes. I'm hoping that's the Tom Brady we see this Sunday. I I think that's the Tom Brady we're going to see this Sunday, despite being 41 years old. Uh, I don't know. I think the, the moment gets to Jared Goff. I, I, I don't know if, it's just I don't think it's his time. I think he's too young. I think the Patriots defense is gonna be surprising. Uh I mean, what do you think the Rams defense brings to the table? Well the Rams defense, I mean, they got two of the best um defensive tackles in the game, so they're going to have to bring that interior pressure hard on Brady in order for them to have a chance to win this game. If they can get that pressure in there, Brady's not gonna be comfortable and 
Brady's going to be un-Brady-like because Brady cannot handle an uh, intense pass, interior pass rush like that. And also, they have really good corners that keep to lead. And the other guy, Marcus Peters. So, I mean, it's going to be very interesting to see what these what Wade Phillips brings up his sleeve with this defense this weekend. But like we've talked about, the it seems like the Patriots always find a way to take away the Rams' strength and, you know, at least on the defensive side of the ball, the the, the strength is that interior pass rush. If they can get that figured out, uh, not just that, but if they're using power running and and using Sony Michelle and 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 uh, and his counterpart uh, White to get through the line, I mean, I, I don't know. It's it's just really interesting. I'm curious to see how that eye that power eye formation does against uh, one of the best front fours in the league. And then on the other end, you think about Patriots defense. I mean, as we know, Bill Belichick, he's always going to take out your best weapons. Like he took out Tyreek Hill. He took out Travis Kelsey last week. Um, but on this team, like who's the best weapon? Who are you going to take out? Todd Gurley, which is the, the easy answer. Yeah, which, which we saw that happen last week to a, you know, a semi-decent New Orleans defense. They were able to neutralize him. and I mean, he was benched. No, I mean – Gurley has been irrelevant for the past five weeks. You it's got C.J. Like, Anderson now. He is the rock star, the so bowling gotta, ball. Now you got a healthy Todd Gurley. Even if you cancel out Todd Gurley, you still got C.J. Anderson. You still got Brandon Cooks to worry about, Robert Woods. Um, there's just a lot of weapons on that team, but none of them are really like a best weapon. If, if, I mean, other than Gurley, but no one's really a best weapon. Everyone's just kind of just plays their role well. So I mean, who who I mean who is Belichick would eliminate? I mean, he can't eliminate the entire team. <laughs> yeah, I know, and, and it's interesting you say Robert Woods. I feel like Robert Woods has been quiet the last week or two, and maybe due for a breakout game. I know he he's one of my fan favorites on fantasy. My my wide receiver three usually on my team. So we'll see if he comes and brings it to play. I again, the Patriots defense has been fairly surprising. Uh, we'll see if, if the defensive scheme is enough. Uh, moving on to the running game, we, we mentioned Todd Gurley and C.J. Anderson, of course. Uh, I mean, do you think – I know one of the prophets is asking if Gurley's going to be over 78 yards. He's been basically a non-factor all playoffs other than the Dallas Cowboys game where him and C.J. Anderson just had a field day. Do you think he bounces back? Uh, depends on that knee. If he bounces back, that's going to be the first thing the, deep, the Patriots defense is going to focus on shutting down Curley and putting make. They're basically what the Patriots defense is going to do is they're going to make golf win this game. So the run, I'd say they shut down Gurley. They're probably going to somehow eliminate Brandon Cooks, and that is what they're going to do to put the ball in golf's hands. Like golf has to be the one to win this game. Absolutely. And if I'm Bill Belichick, that's what you have to go for. I think that's what Sean Payton went for as well. It's like, hey, we're going to make Jared Goff beat us. And, and he definitely beat the Saints. And that's the strategy you have to employ. I, I don't think Jared Goff pulls it off twice in a row. I don't think he can beat. He can go toe to toe with one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game. 
And also, they're not going to have second chances they did against the Saints when uh, Sean Payton decided to give the Rams some chances by passing the ball yeah, instead of running. The yeah, there's definitely zero coaching errors on the other side of the ball there. Uh, Bill Belichick being very, very experienced. I, I'm curious to see, and, and I know I mentioned it earlier, just the power running game. I, I'm still in awe that the Patriots are running pro style and I formation in a, in a time in the game where – basically the fullback position has been eliminated on most teams. It's now a a third wide receiver or an athletic tight end. Uh, What do you think the effect is on the Rams defense of this kind of throwback defense or throwback offense, if you will? What goes on with the Patriots defense is that they're going to keep running the ball, run the ball, and then they're going to throw in some play action. And that's when they start doing their screen passes. So you never really know what, they, what they're going to bring to the table when they line up. So it's always, you're always playing chess with that formation. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, we'll see how it works out. The uh, Patriots power running game versus the front four of the Rams. And then, of course, Jared Goff's offense with a question mark versus the defense with a question mark on the Patriots. You just never know what version is going to come up. Let's get to our predictions. I'll let you go first, Mike, for your your game predictions, and we'll make our gambling predictions in our next segment. Okay, so since from the championship weekend, I'm kind of like riding the hot hand right now. So I believe this game, it's hard for me to make a decision here. And where are we at on the line? Is it um, is it still two, minus two and a half, or did it bump up to three? It did bump up to three. It and did then, bump up to three. Okay. And just remember, we're, we're making those picks in our next segment. Yeah, I know. I just needed to see where they were at. Um, on this game, I'm going to pick the Rams on this game. I think the interior pass rush could be very overwhelming. And I think Julian Edelman gets shut down like Mike Thomas did by a keep to lead. And I just don't see – the only – I mean, I know the Patriots got a good running game. But I think they focus on shutting that down because Wade Phillips is a pretty good defensive mind. Um, the factor that it's going to be for the Patriots is going to be Rob Gronkowski. I think he's the only guy that if he gets on it and he goes back to his normal form, I don't think anyone in the Rams will be able to stop him. Yeah, I think you took the words out of my mouth. Uh, other than I'm going with the Patriots. I think I've picked against Tom Brady far too many times this season already. And I just I don't think third time's a charm. Uh, I'm going Patriots on this one. And, and like you said, I, I think this is potentially Gronk's last game, even though, again, he says he won't leave if Brady doesn't leave. Uh, I think he plays a big role. I think that power running game and that screen game is is going to wreak havoc on a you know fairly athletic Rams defense. But at the same time, it's a very downhill, uh, like you said, interior pass rush defense that can be countered with the screen game. So we'll see if the Rams or the Patriots can pull it off. Let's move into Super Bowl. Before we move on, yeah, what, yeah. Do think of, what do you think about the Rams? Though? Like overall, is this is this their like all-in year? Because uh, this team is not sustainable. If you look at it, all the big names on this team and all the talent, I mean, there's no way they can afford all these players again. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think that was their attitude this year, and I think that has to coincide with just getting football to be a thing in Los Angeles again. I think they really invested a lot of money knowing that it's not going to be sustainable. Uh, I mean, it's an interesting strategy because it's, you know, win big or go home, right? And Does if this you, make you think of the, the Marlins? 
Yeah, it kind of does. Uh, it really does. I don't know how many years everyone has on their contract or if it's one or two year deals for some of their bigger players <laughs> that I know they don't have interest in keeping. But it, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. It does remind you of those those Marlins teams of the the '90s and the 2000s where. <laughs> we they made big trades they had the relievers and you know right after they they won that the both world series it was like a fire sale immediately uh just to get i guess interest in miami and you know we we all know the story with that within a couple of years they, you know there's eight thousand people in their stands in a brand new stadium so well baseball is not a salary cap league but um Football, obviously, we know is. And the only people I know they have locked up is Aaron Donald locked up earlier this year. They locked up Gurley this year. And those are two monster contracts. As remember, Donald was before the Khalil Mack trade. Donald was the highest paid defensive player in NFL history. Gurley's the highest paid running back in NFL history. And Brandon Cooks, he got a, I think he's like top five paid wide receivers in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, I, they're going to, I think, if they don't win this year, they're, they're going to be in trouble for a number of reasons. Maybe they get another run out of a few of their players. But, I mean, finishing uh, finishing runner-up to the NFL, your, your draft pick is 31 out of 32. So it's really going to be up to your GM to find value picks and, and really make those picks count when you're stocking up in the draft to – to hopefully get some value with some rookie level players coming in that can perform immediately for a low, a low price. And they got Jared Goff playing his fourth year. No, He's a first round pick. So that can quarter, get his- that, that he'll be getting paid in two years. Yep. And that's so, I mean, probably going to be in the neighborhood of, you know, upper twenties, lower thirties a year. Yep. So I'm very curious to see how, what happens when this team gets your new stadium in two years, what team are they going to bring to the table? Yeah, you know, everyone's going to be a Chargers fan by then because that's the team that's going to be up and coming, right? Yeah, right. All right, everybody, let's move on to Super Bowl bets. We wanted to talk about a few fun prop bets that we've been looking at. Uh, and we'll probably throw a few dollars at a, at a few of these. Uh, got a little bit of a list here, and we'll kind of go back and forth with, with Mike. Uh, so, Mike. I know we talked about what Gladys Knight was going to be wearing last week. Do you think the national anthem is going to be over or under a minute 47? I'm going to go with the over on it. Okay. Because you think about it, it's like a big stage and they're going to emphasize like every letter and exaggerate every note to try to like, you know, get that attention there. So, even Gladys say, Knight, I, though? Gladys Knight. She, she's she been around. Do you think she's still looking for that attention? I'm not saying she's looking for the attention, but it's the stage. It's just the stage that she's on. She's playing She's playing the role of the. She's playing the role of what she's at. It's not like she's singing the game at the Pro Bowl where no one's watching. Fair enough. I couldn't even tell you who's singing the, the, the national anthem of the Pro Bowl. Probably Maroon 5. Oh, oh wait, they're the uh, halftime show. No, it, uh, was, uh, it was Nickelback. <laughs> was Nickelback, yes. Uh, they're also performing at the uh, Grey Cup for the CFL. Uh, I heard, I heard though, uh, speaking of Maroon 5, that they, they leaked a clip of SpongeBob, so they might be – I don't know if you watched the episode of SpongeBob where they perform at the Super Bowl. It's probably like one of the first seasons, actually. Where they sing that sweet victory song, so I'm pretty excited for that. If Maroon Five actually plays that, I wouldn't be surprised. 
Maybe the, maybe SpongeBob or Patrick will pop out. We'll, we'll see. Who do you think is going to be the first coach mentioned? Belichick or McVay after the kickoff? That's one of the prop bets as well. Who do you think the announcers are going to say first, McVay or Bill Belichick? Oh, definitely Sean McVay. I mean, they've been saying Bill Belichick for the nine times for the past uh, 18 years. So they're going to talk about McVay, his age, he's only in his third year, everything he did to turn his team around, um, Jeff, the fix Jeff Fisher's mess and et cetera. 100 percent Sean McVay. Yeah, you know, I, it wasn't until I was watching highlights the other day that I forgot Jeff Fisher was was the coach of that team, and it, it was just kind of sad to see them tank so badly with with Jeff Fisher. Uh, another prop bet that I thought was interesting: Will there be a score of any type in the first six minutes and thirty seconds of the game? I will go ahead and say yes. Ooh, going with the quick the quick drive. Who do, you th- who do you think gets that first score, which is also another question, Rams or the Patriots? I say whoever wins a coin toss. Which is also another prop bet. I think those are going off at, at uh, minus 105. Uh, let's see if there's another good one. Um, oh, wow. They have a question about Adam Levine, the the <laughs> the lead singer for Maroon 5 do you think he's going to be wearing a black shirt or any other color Michael I don't know how many Maroon 5 shows you've been to I'm a huge Maroon 5 fan I've heard all all other songs I haven't actually um, but I mean if they're saying this it looks like I'm assuming that maybe Adam Levine must obviously always wear black shirts um, but he's going to be performing on stage with other people. I'm sure there could be other. So he probably might coordinate with what they're wearing. So I'll go ahead and say another color because I'm sure he probably doesn't want to be his normal, predictable black shirt. So. All right. Taking the field on that one. I like that. A couple hey, other random. Hold on, Moose. Yeah. How about this one? What would, what would be the first scoring play of the game? Would it be a touchdown or a field goal? What do you think here? Uh, man. And I, I guess it just depends who gets that ball, right? I almost feel like if it's the Patriots, it's a touchdown. If it's the Rams, it's a field goal with Greg Zerline. Uh, uh, maybe I'll say the Rams win, win the toss and they go kick a field goal. So I'll go with field goal. And will Rob Kronkowski score a touchdown? Uh, yeah, I think Gronk scores a touchdown. Gives us a big Gronk spike. Will any quarterback throw for over 400 yards? Uh, solid no. Really? Solid no. I think neither of them throw for 400 yards. Yeah, 400 is a lot, but you don't think whatever team is playing from behind might um, be pass happy? I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be balanced. Unless it turns into Kansas City, New England, which I, I just don't think it's going to turn into that. Here's another one. How many times will Giselle... Uh, Butch, and I don't know how to pronounce her last name, but obviously Brady's wife. You no, know, Giselle, yeah. How many times has she be shown on TV during a broadcast? Over or under one and a half times? Oh, man, all you have to do is have two? Oh, I, I think I'd take the over on that. Anytime, yeah, Tom Brady, anytime Tom Brady does anything good, they'll show her, uh, you know, slow clapping or whatever she does to support Tom. Yeah, I definitely with you on that one. And we were talking yesterday. One of the, I think one of the big opportunities to make some potential money is picking the Super Bowl MVP. And we're going to take a, a live look at 
those props right now because I think I know you and I were talking about this and it's mostly a quarterback's award, but in the chance that it's not, there's an opportunity to make some. Actually, you know, Tom Brady actually went up to is up at uh, plus 140. So that's not too bad. Uh, But we were really looking at some of the value picks. I know one of your big picks was Aaron Donald at uh, plus 1800. Yep. CJ Anderson's paying that. Uh, type of money even sony michelle's at 1200 i don't know i, I kind of want to have like a, a sneaky pick there gronk's at 1600 maybe rex burkhead runs another two touchdowns in for plus 8000 <laughs> well who who do you have uh i know you said you were going to sprinkle a few ten dollars here and there to pick some mvps maybe hit the lottery who, who are going to be some of your picks well definitely i'm going to stick to aaron donald here if you think about it, who was the last defensive player to win Super Bowl MVP, if you know? Uh, I couldn't tell you. Von tell Miller. You. Von Miller. Oh, okay. And that's obviously because um, Peyton Manning was just filling in at the quarterback position for that Super Bowl. But I just think I think Aaron Donald has a Von Miller type of game, so I Sticking with him. I mean, I guess you got kind of got to go with um, Sony Michelle there. I know he kind of been tearing it up lately. And let me see who else is on here that I like. Yeah, I might be throwing some money at Sony Michelle. I think I'm going to pick a few Patriots since I'm picking the Patriots. I'm hoping that a Patriot player wins the, the uh, MVP. That's, how, about, how about your boy you've been talking about, um, your your fullback, James Devlin? What's he at, uh, 40,000? <laughs> yeah. 40,000 to one. That, that wouldn't be uh, – it's not bad. I could throw a dollar on there, <laughs> James Devlin, and I can give that to Vegas, my donation for the year. Hey, what about Ndamukong Sue? I mean, he, he has the talent and potential to have a breakout game, too, at the defensive line as well. I mean, yeah, he's been, you know, you don't hear that name much anymore, mostly because he hasn't been stomping on people's legs or, or doing all sorts of crazy stuff like he used to. But you now I, I think you're right. He Maybe he's due for having a big game, big performance. I think he puts his foot down. Ah, I see what you did there, buddy. I see what you did there. Um, see if there's any other good uh, good prop bets that we'll throw some some money at. Uh, there was one. Oh, the Tony times? Romo, the Tony Romo ones. Those are my favorite. How many plays will Tony Romo correctly predict ahead of the play? Over What's under it? is 7.5. Ooh, I'm going to go with the under on this one because, you know, this is going to be like a smoke and mirror show here with these two teams. <laughs> Ah, just Tony Roma. All right. Let's get to our real bets. Uh, last one. Last yeah, one. Give me one more. Give me one more. How many times did they mention uh, Sean McVay's age? Over, uh, under, I think it said it was three and a half. Oh, that's actually a pretty good number. I mean, if I don't know if they win it, do you include that at the end? Or is it at the end of the game? I'm sure they'll talk about how he's the youngest coach. Be, I think it's during the game. Thank so it's from I might go. During the kickoff. So at from least four times, the, maybe uh, uh, it's during the game. I think I'll go under. Under? Oh, I just scrolled through one last one here. The total Donald Trump tweets 
on February 3rd. This is for the entire day, not just the game. It's over <laughs> under six. Wow. I don't know. I don't. I haven't followed Donald Trump closely on Twitter to know what his average number of tweets per day is. Uh, I don't know. Maybe uh, under. <laughs> I think it's going to be under. I don't, is he really going to be live commenting the game like we are? Are we going to be competing against Donald Trump? Hold on. <laughs> is Donald Hold Trump. On. Is Donald Trump going to drop some funny memes while while watching the game like we usually do? Hey, one last one here, man. What will the Super Bowl champions be served when they visit the White House? Fast well, food is plus 215. Any other food, minus 330. I'm going to go with any other food. I think the government <laughs> uh, shutdown is over, so the chefs are back. Uh, we don't uh, know. It's only shut down for three weeks, and then he, it's up for a re-review. That's true. So hopefully they make that trip before then, and uh, they'll be served the finest White House, White House food that uh, the chef can make. For our Super Bowl champion, New England Patriots, more than likely. If they visit the White House. Right. That's true. Uh, all right. Let's move on to our picks, Mike. I'll let you go first. I, I know you got the Rams. Are you going to take the spread or the money line? Uh, I'm not going to take this um, spread on this one. It's three points. I don't see this being like a tie game type of deal. Um, this is going to be a game that's won by at least more than a field goal so i'll take the rams on the money line and i will take the hmm let me see here 56 and a half yeah 56 and a half right now going over or yeah, under i'm gonna have to go under 56 and a half i see this game being more stained in the 20s and very low 30s. Nice. Like one team will score 31, one will be in the 20s at most. I don't see both teams being at 33 or above. I don't know. 31, 28 gets you to to 59. So I don't know. I was going back and forth too. Uh, I think I'm gonna have. I'm gonna take Patriots on the spread minus three. Uh, so hopefully they win by more than three. So it's not a push. I'm also gonna take the under. Uh, I, I, we've been sweating it close with the over calls on a few of these games, these playoffs. I think it's been a pretty defensive playoffs for the most part, with the exception of the Kansas City game. Uh, I think I'm going Patriots minus three, and I'll parlay that with a under 56 and a half. And then I, I'll probably throw a tease around out there as well to get some extra value on that. All right. I think that's it for the Super Bowl. We'll, we'll, we'll hit you guys back up next week with how we did on our picks and uh, recapping the game. I'm going to close out today with a brief MLB update. What do you have for us, Mike? Uh, for um, the Harper and Machado watch, um, both still unsigned. As we're in our third week of our podcast, we've been following these two guys. And surprisingly, it's been a very slow MLB market. Um, but I did hear that. It is expected for Bryce Harper to sign on the Phillies. Which, well, that's interesting. And I've also heard that there's a chance that Machado could follow him there, which would be absolutely ridiculous. I guess great for Philadelphia, but what what is that payroll going to be? Oh, my gosh. It's at $60 million basically tied up on two players. 
And we yeah, talk- well, I was about to say, because you did the math on our uh, first or second podcast, but that would be 30% yeah. of their payroll for those two players. Yeah, right? They got 23, 23 more to go. So hopefully they're they're under that $206 million threshold, or I guess they're going big and, and uh, going to be willing to pay. I think they're paying like a 30% tax on that. I don't even know what, what the figure is on that. I'll have to look that up, but it's a significant amount, so... I guess Philly is is investing and hoping that they can make a run in the a uh, in the NL East. Who who won, the, I, who won the East last I, year? Was that uh was that the Braves making the playoffs? I, I want to say the Braves. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't the Nationals. I don't think this year. This past year. No, it was the Braves. And then remember the Cubs had the wild card and they lost in the oh, wild card game. Gosh, yes, I, yes. Uh, Jackie's family was all mad about that. They're big Cubs fans. And they couldn't believe the Cubs, I think, lost their last three of the season to, to miss the playoffs or something like that. But also, I mean, I'm, if Philly does do make those moves, I mean, what are they going to do about pitching? I mean, pitching is a little bit more crucial in baseball than it is uh, a shortstop and an outfielder. So, Yeah, especially these days, I, I think pitching has really taken over the game. Uh, instead, of, I know we all want it to be an offensive game, but it—I it, mean, it really isn't. It, the pitching has, pitching is the key. I mean, if you're able to shut players down, you're likely going to win the game. And like many um, ex-baseball players said, including A. Rod, which I've heard talk one time, it's baseball has just become such a analytical game, and they all, a lot of them believe that that's kind of like ruined baseball to an extent. Baseball is not a really a a techie game is more of an America's pastime, you know, more of a manalytic game, not an analytic game. I don't know, Michael. You got these millennials who are really big into data. Maybe, maybe baseball finds a resurgence in this kind of world where data's king. I think that's interesting that we're all turning to data and it's really dictating decisions and decision making in baseball. So who knows? We'll we'll see what what comes up of it. I mean. Pl- a manager like Joe Madden, who's a big proponent of data and, and playing the statistics, has had success. So, I don't know. Well, I think we'll have to see and, and keep track of this season who who are the, the hot teams and what their data teams look like. All right. Let's get away from this boring baseball season. Let's jump over to our $10 parlays of the week. Um, Moose, hit us up with some NHL. What do you have? NHL, I got a few picks for tomorrow on uh, February 2nd. So you'll probably be hearing that this day of. We'll get this uploaded as quickly as we can. And we'll, we'll put our picks on Twitter as well. Uh, I'm taking Philly tomorrow. I'm taking the Leafs. I'm taking the Jets. I'm taking the Blue Jackets. And I'm taking the Minnesota Wild. That's paying uh, plus 970 if you go all five just on the money lines on those. And I have a little bit of NCAA. Just uh, no, the lines were late getting out. We'll put those out on Twitter again first thing in the morning to see if we can get some of the 12 p.m. games. Uh, so nothing with NCAA. I know you had a few picks for NBA, Mike. Yep, for tomorrow, um, tomorrow night games. Got a couple, I got a little five card parlay, um, parlay here. I got the Detroit Pistons at minus one and a half. I have the Washington Wizards at plus six. The Los Angeles Lakers against the Golden State Warriors at plus ten and a half. I do like that one with LeBron James back. And you know LeBron James' history with the Warriors. And I have Chicago Bulls at plus 
one and a half, and I'm taking Miami Heat on the money line, which is negative 150. Um, you know, our $10 parlay on that would pay out $216.41. Uh, I would take that in a heartbeat. Uh, good luck to you on that one. Uh, I already put down the hockey one, so we'll see what happens tomorrow. We'll, we'll keep track of that on Twitter and report back on our next podcast. And uh, I guess that brings us to our close. I think we have our, our, our quick little factoid of the day. Mike, What's wh- what happened today? All right. On this day here in 1992, Barry Bond signed the largest single-season contract in MLB history. Moose, can you guess how much he signed that for? Oh, geez. Uh, what are we, up to $30 million now? Yeah, maybe $15 million? $15 million, um, I mean, you're definitely closer than $30 million, but not that close. <laughs> so it's lower than fifteen million. Yep. I mean, it has to be double digits. It's Barry Bonds, ten million. Um, the largest contract, single season contract in MLB history in 1992 was four point seven million, less four, than five million. Four point seven million dollars. That's unbelievable. It's, uh, things have almost gone up by ten ten times. In what twenty years, ninety two, oh two, twelve, yeah, twenty five years, it, we, we've gone up ten, ten times in value to the max contract almost. That's unbelievable. All right, everybody, anything else, Mike? Any other factoids? Anything else you have? Um, no, nothing else I really have here. Um, you know, just watch Super Bowl, everyone. Just make sure uh, you're in Florida. Um, you know, make sure someone's designated to bring some cake. Uh, that's Texas. true. I, I saw. I saw. We, we, <laughs> going through our tweets, uh, Texas apparently is spinach dip, which I, I mean, I, I'm okay with spinach dip. I don't think I'd go out of my way to have spinach dip, but if someone brought a good spinach dip, I, I guess I would have some. Yeah, but at least spinach dip's understandable. It's a dip, you know. But in Florida, cake. When in the heck has there ever been a cake at a Super Bowl event? I've never seen it. Yeah, I mean, there's Super Bowl cake. People make some some pretty good, like, cake stadiums or something like that. Or Happy Super Bowl 53 with candles. Are you going to sing to the Super Bowl? I, I don't know. Uh, maybe i just been to the wrong to the wrong Super Bowl parties, maybe. maybe. I don't know. Maybe that's a Publix thing. Publix probably makes a mean Super Bowl cake. Yeah, probably. But uh, Moose, close us out here. And what do we have for next week? That's right. Yeah. Uh, thanks for that, Mike. Uh, next week, we've got, a, of course, our Super Bowl or big game recap. Uh, we'll go over our bets and see how we did or didn't do. Our all-too-early Super Bowl 54 futures. We'll see if Vegas has some lines for a championship for 2020 and, and maybe take some stabs at who might be in that championship game. We'll get into the NHL a little bit more. Uh, Lightning with a shootout win today over the Islanders. Uh, hop into some NBA action at post-All-Star game, I believe. If not, we're heading right into the All-Star game. We'll, we'll preview that. We'll start getting ready for March Madness and the conference tournaments. That should be right around the corner. And, of course, you can always follow us on Twitter at $10sports, $10sports, where you'll get 
our picks for the day. Mike and I are always throwing random picks out there. We always take a little snippet from our, our wagering device and put it on there. So you see what we're betting on. And we always report back whether it's good or bad. So we'll put our free picks on Twitter. And of course you can always check us out on $10 sports.com 10, like the word T E N dollar sports.com. There you'll see all our links to Facebook, to, uh, to twitter i think we got kicked off instagram for some reason mike but uh no instagram for right now we'll get that going back so we'll take pictures of us at sporting events and whatnot uh yeah a happy super bowl have a great weekend have a great week we'll get back to you next week good luck and everybody i know super bowl be drinking just make sure you drive responsibly use uber use lyft whoever you got to use to get back home um drive safe and have a great weekend. And good luck on those bets. It's been Moose and Emrod, $10 Sports Podcast. We'll see you next week.